listening to the EVs for Everyone podcast. My name is Elena Ciccatelli, an award-winning automotive executive, and I'm so excited to introduce you to some of the most dynamic thought leaders the EV economy has to offer. Listen in on honest conversations I have with the leading electric vehicle experts and uncover critical insights that will help you jump ahead and stay there. The electrification race is officially on, and these conversations have never been more important. So whether you're an automotive executive or just an EV enthusiast, this is the podcast for you. Let's get started. We are here still at Autotech Electrification in the Ward's Intelligence living room, and I'm here with John Passamato, one of my favorite friends. And we are going to talk about not only what we did at the uh, the conference this time around, but your thoughts on retail and electrification. So, John, how are you doing this morning? Perfect, perfect. Again, Elena, thank you for, for having me. I'm glad I'm one of your best friends. Um, uh, so, yeah, as, as I said yesterday, right, there's a lot of new technologies. There's a lot of good information here, but but nothing actually starts as I was told a long time ago from an old retail person, nothing starts till you sell a car, right? Uh, so that's sort of my end of it on retails is, you know, with EV vehicles, where are the sales going? How are they changing? How is the dealership changing to adapt uh, to the very different methods to sell uh, for a very different propulsion system? No, and and so I want to talk a little bit more about the panel that you had yesterday. The uh, so you had Ed Roberts on the panel from Bozart Ford Lincoln. You had Michelle Krebs from Cox Automotive. You also had Jimmy Douglas from Plug. So you had a variety of different perspectives on electrification at the retail level. Was there any insight that came from that panel that surprised you or kind of gave you a moment to pause and think, hmm, that's that's different. Yeah, well, there were many. When you have a panel like that, it's really easy as a moderator to look good because you've got such expertise. There were a lot of things that, that surprised me. You know, I, I do this every day, um, particularly on the adaption of electrification. I thought Ed Roberts' insight into fixed operations and how not only was he not afraid of over-the-air updates, but was embracing them because it was a higher customer satisfaction uh, and indeed, that leads to more retention, and more retention leads to more fixed ops work, even though there's a reduction in maintenance work for an EV. That was number one. I mean, Jimmy's new platform uh, for wholesale EVs, some of the discussion that he had, I had no idea that really only 8,000 dealers in the United States are retail selling EVs, and they're doing it in quantity. Um, and the other ones kind of aren't, and that really shocked me because I would have assumed differently even though I'm in this business every day. Um, but, but those that are doing it have a much, much higher turn, a much, much higher profit level. Um, so that was really enlightening as well. And, of course, Michelle's insight in general in the big picture of, of uh, where this whole thing is going is really interesting. I, I was very glad to hear that she, uh, as I, you know, the thought that retail dealers aren't going anywhere, they're going to adapt. And as, as another old retail person told me, dealers are like cockroaches. They will survive the, the apocalypse when everything else is gone. And I, I actually truly believe that. I think I've heard you say that once or twice, and every time I, I chuckle because it's it's very accurate, actually. So uh, let's talk about you know, your crystal ball, because you and I, we have many a conversation over the dinner table just about electrification and where things are heading. If you had a crystal ball, what would you see 
in the crystal ball as it pertains to electrification and retail. We're going to get the, the retail spit on things because you and I are not technical people. So, so a long time ago, there was a guy named Victor Kayam who was touting uh, uh, an electric shaver. And he said, uh, you know, I thought about it so much, I, I bought the company. And, and this is sort of where I see retail going, and I found to drive it away on this. It, if you go back to the evolution of car sales for the first 80 years or so, there were straight vehicle sales. And then cars got more expensive, particularly luxury cars, and consumer leasing took over. And before the vehicle crunch, before the, the COVID supply shortage, right, leasing was 30 40% of the market because it made vehicles affordable. Right? EVs are more expensive than, than ICE units right now. I honestly believe there's a third channel coming, which is, call it a micro-lease, call it a long-term rental to own, um, call it a subscription. It is a way to have a turnkey um, transportation with no long-term financial commitment to kind of grow in the vehicle. I honestly believe that will be a third uh, channel that dealers will utilize and become more and more um, uh, predominant Right, because again, it, no upfront financial commitment. People are nervous about EVs, so they get to try it. Right, uh, lower price point. Right, uh, and easy in or out transparent mechanism. I, I honestly believe that the new propulsion system will create a new sort of um, sales distribution system where this type of quote sale will predominate. And uh, Deloitte just came out with a study that said that Europe is already in the 30% range, Western Europe, in uh, long-term rental or, or, or micro-lease, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and they're also ahead of us in EV penetration. Um, and, of course, AutoNation just came out with a micro-lease program. So, I mean, I think that the, the, the signs are there that this is coming. Uh, and, again, I, I like bet the company on it, so I, I really do believe that. Right now, that is not the case. Right now, EVs are for the early adopters. We're all affluent. They're only in 20 DMAs, market areas in the United States, right? Um, and it's very uh, skewed, you know, towards towards rich folks. I mean, as, as Mary Bear said, 98% of the EVs sold last year were to people who had two other cars registered in their name, right? So right now isn't the case, uh, but in order to meet any of the objectives of the OEMs uh, or the government or really the world, right, uh, it's going to have to be to everyone, and we're going to have to develop mechanisms to make that happen. John, thank you. As always, always love to officially record our conversations and have it actually be heard by other people instead of just between you and I. So this is this has been great. First on the conferences, conferences like these that move the needle forward completely, right? And you know, there's the retail aspect of EVs for everyone, and then there's the, the technical and innovation and exchanging of ideas that make that work. So it's conferences like this make happen. And in 2024, I look for, uh, you know, more, more uh, conferences and more exchanges like this uh, that are actually going to mastermind how this rolls out. Because, again, this is a, uh, the biggest change to happen in automotive since automotive started. Uh, so it's going to take a lot of folks and a lot of innovation and a lot of teamwork uh, to move things forward. This is an example of that. Exactly. Teamwork makes the dream work. They just put a very trite corporate jargon in there for you. So, John, thank you so much. Always a pleasure. I will see you very soon. 
you so much for listening to the EVs for Everyone podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, go ahead and subscribe to the show and leave a five-star review with a comment. We read every single comment, so thank you in advance. If you have an idea for an upcoming episode or you would like to be a guest on the show, go to EVs, the number four, everyone.com slash contact. That's EVs, the number four, everyone.com slash contact. Until next time, keep charging forward. 